welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. We should be used to this by now, Dom, but it's been a topsy-turvy couple of weeks in Sheffield Wednesday land. First of all, welcome back. How was your holiday? It was very good, thank you. And uh, I picked two perfect games to miss, didn't I, really? Well, in Accrington Gilling. You did. Let's. Uh, it's a bit of a distant memory now, but let's dwell on the positive. So let's go back to the last game that you were at, which was Cambridge, uh, which does feel like a long time ago now. Um, how good was that? It was brilliant. Yeah, Wednesday were exceptional. They could have scored 10 or 12. It wouldn't have flattered them. It does have to be said that Cambridge were there for the taking and were terrible on the day they got their tactics badly badly wrong and no Wednesday's big players turned up Berahino Hattrick looks a different player now um, you know, and you have to give him a lot of credit for the way he's turned around his Wednesday career and there's a few that you could throw in there couldn't you for Marvin Johnson George Byers you know there were a couple of the signings in the summer that we were questioning, but yeah, they've really put their hands up. And yeah, no, you know, Bannon, Worldy, we've come to expect. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's having his best season in terms of numbers, arguably his best season in a Wednesday shirt, admittedly now playing in League One, not in the Championship against inferior teams, inferior players. But yeah, he's looking top class as we expected. And uh, no, after Cambridge, that was it. I uh, went to Egypt thinking, uh, you know, get at least another win from the, the, the two matches after that. And Wednesday's still been in good shape, whereas the momentum has been derailed um, a little yep. bit um, by two stuttering draws and disappointing draws, I think is the way to, to call it. We talked about that that, that that little package of three games, didn't we? And talked about, I think I said that really to keep up that kind of... I mean, at the time, I think we were we were calling it promotion push rather than just playoff push because I think there was probably just half an eye on whether or not that that second place is is still possibly within reach. And we, yeah, you know, I said really it's got to be nine points. You said that you'd be all right with seven. As it turns out, it's five because that yeah, I mean that key word isn't it? Momentum that that we needed from 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 that win against. Cambridge and and it just didn't it just didn't happen really so two very disappointing matches after that um Accrington obviously you you weren't at um and very much if, uh, to me it felt like a game that Wednesday did enough to win but didn't take chances and you know let's if we if we were one of those podcasts that has a soundboard to play out pre-recorded sound effects one of them would be oh and it was uh, conceding from a set piece that um, that did us over because it was it was a game that we should have been out of sight and once again this set piece thing comes back to um, comes back to to haunt us um, it was good to see Dominic Iofa back in the team we've obviously waited a long time to see um, Dom back I think a lot of fans pointed to the substitution of Barry Bannon when Wednesday were one up as a, a kind of a turning point because it felt like the momentum went after after that and it didn't he 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 wasn't injured there didn't seem to be a great deal of logic behind it um Darren Moore standing firm afterwards saying that you know he, he stands by that decision he 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 still thinks it was the right thing to to do but it does feel like that was the point that 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 momentum kind of swung away from Wednesday and allowed that situation where the the set piece could can do us over again 
I think what we have to say for balance is that, okay, maybe on this occasion, the ban and substitution, you know, I saw a lot of the reaction on social media to that. And yeah, you know, Wednesday fans, as you right, yeah, as you point out there, saw that as the turning point, that maybe that decision with hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, that was the wrong one. But then we also have to say that Darren Moore's got a lot more right over the last couple of months than he's got wrong. And, you know, I, I can think off the top of my head of the Doncaster Rovers, the double sub at half-time with Patterson mm-hmm. and Berahino coming on. So I think that's worth saying. And, no, I think from the outside, looking at Accrington and Gillingham, the similarities are that Wednesday have lost to... Oh, so have drawn with and dropped points to teams that are direct, aggressive, and we're questioning what the plan B is. And we've been here before this season. And Wednesday needed to show last week that they could tough it out when maybe not playing at the best and still grind out the wins and get the nine points that you were hoping for from the week. That didn't happen. And so that, I think, comes fundamentally down to quality, set-pieces issue that we've talked about before uh, that still hasn't been addressed. And I think the only positives that I can sort of draw on is that, you know, Wednesday's still in a good position in the league. They have still got that game in hand. Yes, Plymouth won last night uh, against Cheltenham, but two home games to come. Wednesday have been strong at home. So when I'm looking for positive positives, that's what I'm seeing right now. I, I, I totally get what you're saying with that. I think my, my issue at the moment is... It, everything feels uncertain. Everything feels a little bit up in the air. It doesn't feel like we're in great form right now. It doesn't feel like we've just hit you know, great form at exactly the right time. It really feels to me like everything is on a bit of a knife edge. Like, you know, we, we could now go on to solidify a, a, a place in the playoffs. Um, I also feel like after the last couple of games, actually this season could fizzle out and we could end up finishing mid-table. And I think both of those are quite realistic scenarios at at the moment because of this, you know, topsy-turvy. I mean, it's about two years ago since we we coined this phrase of Jekyll and Hyde Wednesday. Um, And and yet it's still happening. We're still seeing this team that can go out and produce an amazing performance and absolutely wallop uh, a team and then just look quite ineffective. And the inability, I think, to to see out those Scrappy one nil wins is really significant, and and I um, I do still think that we'll finish in the in the playoffs. Um, I don't think it'll be an easy ride from now until the end of the season, but I think we'll I think we'll do enough. But if we don't, then we've got to look back on those games like Accrington, where when you you one nil up at home on one of those games where it's just about just just lock things down now, you see out and you get that scrappy one nil win because that is the difference between finishing in the top six and not. What, what you know? Come what may, that is the kind of thing that will make the difference. And I, I don't know if there's anything else that we can say about it. But consistently conceding from set pieces is going to be the downfall of this team in some way or another this season, uh, because it's it's just it's it's such a weak link in in what should be a great team in this league. It is consistently letting us down. Well, it is, and I think the chopping and changing at the back has not helped. Yes, injuries have played a massive part. I mean, you mentioned before that Dominic Iorfa came in for 
his first start of the year against Accrington. And you can throw in Jay Dunkley, Harley Dean and I offer those sorts of players I've definitely with their physicality and height would help from defending set pieces. That goes without saying and so they've been big misses back there. We have seen signs in the last few matches James particularly with the tinkering up front actually of Darren Moore going back to his old ways where, you know, earlier on in the season of October time particularly when there was a lot of rotation and at this point in the season I do think there should be more of a settled side and for me after scoring a hat-trick Saido Berrino has to start against Accrington and Gillingham and based on he scored goals in the games before unless it's a fatigue injury issue then Berahino has deserved a crack a run in the side until his form tails off and then it's between Lee Gregory who's still I think finding his feet after that long spell on the sidelines he's still getting back up to speed and sharpness it's then between Gregory and Callum Patterson to play alongside Berahino I should also throw in at this point that I saw the under-23s match this week against Ipswich. Canberra and Silaso, I'm afraid, they didn't stake a claim. They did not do themselves any favours. So right now, Wednesday, Darren Moore, the picking from up front, it's three from two. The competition isn't there right now, or they're not in the form to be pushing, challenging and knocking on the door, which is not ideal when... You, you know, if, in Darren Moore's case, he might want to rotate or he might be thinking, right, I'll try this play. And then you've got some that are not at the top of the game. It is frustrating, this, isn't it? Because those those periods, and you went back to, um, you know, kind of September, October time when, you know, we, we did see this kind of constant rotation and, and no one really getting a full run in the team. And results weren't great. And, and, and we're seeing it again now. And, and what we're seeing quite the one constant at the moment is the inconsistency um and, and i think it's that that inability particularly maybe for a forward two to build up a bit of understanding and to build up a bit of a relationship um fa- fans have talked a bit on social media about darren moore being too respectful of the opposition and trying to match our game plan a little bit too much to the opposition um and he um we know that Darren Moore can be quite frustrating in his post match interviews right he doesn't always necessarily say what you sort of want to want to hear a manager say and after Gillingham there did seem to be quite a bit of talk about you know trying to match the way that Wednesday played to to counter the kind of team that that Gillingham are and you do as a as, as a fan and this is a natural thing for us to do you kind of find yourself screaming a little bit and say look at that squad like we we shouldn't really have to do that we should be able to play our game and if it doesn't work then we change things but but it didn't you know we didn't really kind of set our stall out to go at, at, at Gillingham I mean, I, I'm assuming you didn't watch the match um, and that was a very wise decision when you're on holiday because honestly it would be an hour and a half of your life that you would not get back it was not a great game of football Wednesday did not look effective it kind of felt like they could have played till 10 o'clock at night and that goal was just just not not really going to come Gillingham kind of just just played out uh, a a drab nil-nil draw but we sort of pandered to them and um, 
I can I can really understand why there's people getting frustrated with that at this point of the season. When a week before we went out and scored a hatful, you're saying, Do you know, you should just you've just got to go for it now. Wednesday got sucked into playing Accrington and Gillingham's games. You know, that seems to be what the general consensus is, and it has happened a few times this season. And you can't get away, James, from if Wednesday miss out on the playoffs, we're going to be looking at the set piece issue and we're going to be looking at the amount of points Wednesday have dropped against the lesser sides in the league. You know, they haven't beaten Gillingham both times they've played them. Lincoln away, Lincoln at home. The list is endless. And I think this is where Wednesday fans are looking at and they are concerned that they could miss out on the top six when you've got a Cheltenham team who were comfortably mid-table Wednesday didn't beat them either away from home um, who will be coming to Hillsborough with a bit of a free hit looking to respond after losing to Plymouth and then an AFC Wimbledon side who Wednesday didn't beat either um, you see the theme here that then will be coming to Hillsborough. It's going to be the cliche, their cup final, and they're fighting for their lives and you know trying to stay up. So you know you look at the next two home matches on paper, you're thinking, oh yeah, they're going to be gimmies, but they just won't be. We know that. And so Wednesday, with some of the attacking players, their better attacking players coming back. There's, there's going to be changes. It's crazy to me how they could go from scoring six against Cambridge and could have got double figures to only then scoring one against Accrington and Gillingham and creating very few clear-cut chances. And that's the worry for me, is that it's, it is the Jekyll and Hyde. And you're right, one win in the last four, they've got to turn it around very, very quickly or uh, you know they're going to be out of the top six race if they're not careful sort of going into the the, the, the Easter period the next four matches they are like, they're just vitally important uh, back to the if we had a soundboard then the button we'll be pressing now is what an important couple of games coming up it feels like we've said it every podcast this season but we are we, we really are at that crossroads now so um, you look at the league table and you say well do you know what what a great position Wednesday are in it's in our hands uh, we've got a game in hand on Sunderland in sixth um, which would put us level with um, Oxford on, on 69 points um, and so you go well it's absolutely in, in Wednesday's hands then you go back a few weeks and think well we were in the top six and we kind of threw that away so um, you know two home games coming up we're all, we've got to say home games are winnable, particularly winnable games against, as you say, Cheltenham, who sees that he's not really going to go anywhere. Wimbledon, all right, are still fighting for their lives a bit. So, um, you know, it's certainly not going to be an easy game. But look, you know, how many times we said this as well? If you want to get promoted from League One, you have to find ways of winning these, um, these games. It, it does feel like just such a couple of important home games coming up. Anything less than six points for me is just not really, I, I don't think is good enough. I think we could maybe convince ourselves. So four points wouldn't be terrible. 
it's not it's not enough. I, don't, I think if Wednesday don't get six points from these two games, then we start to look at that idea of could this season just start fizzling out? Because someone's going to go on a good run now. There will be someone that that gets their stuff together and goes on a really good run, um, just like Wednesday did a few years ago, where um, you know we put together a great run at the end of the season, sneaked into the playoffs, and and carried that momentum through to to Wembley. It didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but there will be someone that can now do that. And you look at teams like Sunderland just starting to turn a bit of a corner so you know it, it's 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 such a pivotal week coming up i mean after that and and i say this because after this week um we we we're kind of we're, we're sort of done for, for for a couple of weeks because i'm away um which means that we're kind of done right up to easter so we've got the bolton game in that period as well it's not going to be easy um they maybe they are one of those teams that's looking at putting you know can they put a run together and, and make a late kind of gallop towards the the playoffs but it's just a huge, huge couple of weeks. It really is. And uh, at the moment, you look at the table and you're thinking that four teams are scrapping it out for fifth and sixth. And Wednesday, one of them. And I, I, how many wins do you think Wednesday need from the last eight matches to finish in the playoffs, James? Uh, I want eight. I think, I think six. Six? I, I don't think six is how many Wednesday would need. I think four might be enough. Four would put them on 78 and maybe a draw or two. And, and I still look at the home matches and think with Wednesday having only lost twice at home all season, and I, I think that should give them confidence. When you look at the home matches, Crew, Cheltenham, AFC Wimbledon, Portsmouth on the last day if it goes to the last day and are out of the top six contention the home matches alone I'm seeing plenty of points there that Wednesday should be picking up and then away from home MK Dons on telly um, but Wednesday against the better teams have done reasonably well you would have to say this season and so you know, going to Bolton and MK Dons, it shouldn't hold any fears for Wednesday, it shouldn't. And now that the injuries have started to clear up and it's looking a lot better than what it was a month to six weeks ago, you know, they, they're going to be able to cope, you know, with when, you know, over the Easter period and, and then when they've got that three game week. You know, on the, you know, of the, of the final week of the regular season, you know that should play into Wednesday's hands. The fact that they have got a big squad to choose from, but yeah, Darren Moore, I think you know, it, now's the time, isn't it, of where he needs to seriously decide the players, his best starting eleven. He needs to get his best starting eleven on the pitch, and he needs to be playing the players that are banging form at the moment. And I think some have maybe dropped the standards a little bit in the last couple of matches. And so, you know, they've had another week to work on the training ground. There has to be a reaction this weekend. Yeah, there does. Um, I mean, on that subject then of of kind of best 11, you you kind of think, I mean, you you might tweak it every now and then, but that, that midfield three... You're probably not really going to touch, are you? That 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 sort of picks itself. But, um, yeah, yeah, by and large. But I think 
Luongo and Baez may be taken out of the firing line at least in one or two of the of the games. I, I can't. I don't think there's, they're going to play. There's going to be a bit of rotation, isn't so, there? So, so for Zayu Deli Bashiru, him coming back in. I mean, midfield. We've talked about it before. That's the position that's light, isn't it? In this Wednesday team, you've got Sam Hutchinson that can go into midfield if needed. We saw the Jack Hunt experiment earlier on in the season. Don't think we're going to be seeing a repeat of that somehow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that, I still look at central midfield, and you're right. I mean, that's the best three when they're fit, and they you know, they're there. And then you've got Marvin Johnson, who you can't really take out from left wing back. Yeah, you know, looking at how well he's done, and I think Jack Hunt has been very good in the last few months. But now you've got Nathaniel Mendes Lang, haven't you? That's come back into yeah. it, and so it's what you do there. But that's a nice problem for yeah. Darren Moore yeah. to have. Yeah. And there's no need to 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 rush Mendes Lang back into the starting eleven, is there? Um, the the question you you were right earlier when you said up front is probably two from from three. Um, I'd lean towards probably Gregory and Berahino being the, the 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 two that I'd pick from that. The question really seems to be about what do you do at the back because there is just so much choice and getting that right blend. Of of the right three seems really important because it it is quite important who you play on the left side, who you play on the right side, because that system involves those players pushing pushing forward quite a bit. So it, it is important to get that right. It feels like that's where the biggest question marks are, and maybe that's what's costing us because giving away sloppy goals from set pieces comes back to um, it's it's really a question of there's a tactical issue there but but I think it comes back to some kind of communication thing and if, if that communication is not right and we're not picking up the men the way that we should be um, and maybe the goalkeeper's got to take a certain amount of responsibility for that as well because that, that line of communication starts with um, with him my point being we could do with a solid run of, of three players at the back that we just stick with now and allow to start building up that communication but they've got to be the right three and I don't know what the answer to that is I don't know if you've got in your mind who you think the best three is out of who's who's there at the at the moment um Jordan Story obviously had a few really good games slightly went off the boil a little bit Harley Dean I think can can certainly stake a claim to be uh one of the best three there Sam Hutchinson is a bit of an enigma isn't it Do, yeah it's, it's it is a difficult one but this is what Darren Moore is paid to do he's got to find the solution to this the best back three I think this year that Wednesday have put out consistently James has been Jordan Story, Sam Hutchinson and Liam Palmer. Liam Palmer's now out for a few weeks. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, he didn't have a good game at Lincoln. And you've got Harley Dean and Dominic Iorfa and now Shea Dunkley. They've all come back into it. But I think the problem is that Dean Dunkley and Iorfa, they just haven't played a lot of football. And so is the trust there for, you know, for you know, Darren Moore's looking at can they play... You know, back-to-back matches. That now shouldn't be an issue as Wednesday have got weeks of where they've only got one match to prepare for. And so, for me, there's no excuse now not to have a settled back three. He needs to pick what he feels is the best back three against Cheltenham and, barring injury suspension, stick with it when they play AFC Wimbledon and then when they play Bolton. So you know that for me is what's got to happen. But they've got a nice period of where you know, Darren Moore always talks about that time on the training ground. Well, he's got it now, and so this is where 
the excuses have to stop and it's going it's getting back to getting results isn't it that's what it boils down to and yep. business end of the season and if Wednesday don't finish the season strongly then frankly they won't deserve to be in the top six and we've said it before that with the players they've got yes they have been difficult circumstances this season with the amount of injuries that Wednesday have had but they will have underachieved if they don't finish in the top six with the players they've got and that will ultimately fall on Darren Moore and so if they finish in the top six and were to miss out on the playoffs, I still think we'd look back and go, Darren Moore did the job that we expected him to do with this team that he assembled and getting the team into the playoffs. If they fall short, they fall short. But to not get in the playoffs with this squad, then they will have underperformed for me. Well said, well said. I feel like we're just back at this kind of position of almost coining this frame of, of which Wednesday is it because we've, we've seen multiple Sheffield Wednesdays this season we need the good version of Wednesday to really show up now and to show up consistently and I think that's that's going to be the difference going into the next few games and um, let's give a mention here to um, Barry Bannon you obviously talked about him earlier on uh, he was taken off against Accrington. Generally speaking, I think he's been the most consistent, the best performer probably this season, which is maybe what we expected from Barry Bannon in League One, but but really kind of coming to his own um, and about to make his 300th appearance for Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it was what serving. I mean, what more can you say about him? That yeah. He could have gone last summer. No one would have blamed him had he gone. You know, he's a championship player playing in League One. And this season where you've got to give plaudits to Darren Moore. I wasn't convinced that you could turn Barry Bannon, who has played predominantly in his career, deeper in midfield, more as you know, holding midfield or in the quarter-pack position, but he's pushed him further forward. And especially the last few months since we've seen Byers, the Wongo and Bannon all come together. Bannon going into number 10 and pulling the strings and... You know, he is uh, the goal of the season. It's a competition of Barry Bannon versus Barry Bannon, isn't it? Let's face it, come the end of the season, you know, pretty much every goal he scored has been spectacular. And that's it. You know, we've talked for years about him adding goals to his game, and he's done that. And he's on course to get double figures this season. And he's got, I think, nine assists. And at the moment, he's joint top scorer. So I have to say, at the moment, he would be my favourite for the player of the year. Um, yeah. You know, there'll be a few other players that you could maybe throw in there from Liam Palmer, and I know that Bailey Peacock Farrell's got his critics out there, but you still look at it and go, he could break the clean sheet record this mm-hmm. season, and so you know that's pretty good going, and he has had match-winning performances there. So I understand that he's made some bad mistakes, but at the same time, I think he still probably deserves to be in that conversation. Um, but yeah, no, Bannon is a key man for Wednesday in the running. Wednesday really do need Bannon to, I think, play and perform at the level that he, you know, he's played. I think consistently very well. I think the last few months, and so you know, Wednesday need Bannon really to come to the fore now if they're going to finish in the top six. Okay, um, we are almost done. Uh, before we go. This is like content warning time, rant incoming. Because, I love these. Um, 
Well, I mean, this happened earlier in the season with, was it Portsmouth? It was, um, yeah. That got moved, and then it got moved again, and then I think it got moved back. I think it got moved three times in the end. Um, and now we're seeing um, all, well, basically all Wednesday's games over the Easter weekend being moved. So um, I'm sure listening to this, you will already know what's happened. But just to reiterate... Uh, MK Dons moved from Good Friday, 3pm, to uh, the day after, Saturday, um, at 7.45pm, which means there are no trains back, so fans are not able to travel to that game by um, train. And the knock-on from that, then home against Crew on what what should have been Easter Monday, 3pm, um, has now been moved to the Tuesday, which obviously is a back-to-work day at 7.45pm. Now, this um, screws things up for Wednesday fans. We talked about um, the, the train situation coming back from um, MK. I don't think there's many MK fans that would prefer to be playing on Saturday evening than playing at three o'clock on a bank holiday afternoon. Um, Similarly, um, for Wednesday home fans, and we know that we've got fans um, who live outside of Sheffield that travel for games, um, trying to get up on a Tuesday after work is a lot more difficult than travelling up on a bank holiday at three o'clock. Similarly, if you're a crew fan and you were looking forward to coming to Hillsborough, messes up your plans as well. And I'm not sure that there's many neutrals that are thinking, brilliant, Sheffield Wednesday at MK away on Saturday evening of the bank holiday weekend. I'll cancel my plans to go out. I'm going to stay in and watch that. So it's just like no one, no one benefits from um, this. And it's the fans that lose out. And and I'm almost sick of kind of my own voice going on about this. But I just, I don't get it. I just can't understand how this is allowed to happen with what barely, I mean, it's, it's a few weeks notice. Is it four weeks now until that Easter weekend? Maybe less than that. Um, it's just not on. And, and fans just being trodden over by, um, I'm going to call it the football system rather than just saying sky because they're allowed to, to do it. Um, it just, this this cannot go on. It's just completely out of order. You might expect it if you're at the top end of the Premier League, but you know what? When you're kind of fighting out for playoffs in League One, it's just it's not on. It's rubbish, and uh, it's going to really affect the attendance too. Is the fact is that if that had been on Good Friday, James, that Wednesday would have taken five thousand or more. Yeah, yeah. And now it'd be you're going to halve that. And so NK Dons aren't going to be happy about this. This it would have been one of their biggest gates of the season too. So, yeah, all in all, an absolute shambles. But I'm afraid it's what we've come to expect that um, Sky are the paymasters and they can throw their weight around and uh, they're only bothered about their schedule and the clubs. They don't have any say in this. And so I, you know, I've see, I still see some fans you know, saying, "Oh, you know, I can't believe Wednesday agreed to it." It's out of their hands. It's out of their control. It's Sky who determined this. And I'm afraid to say it's in the rules that they can, with a couple of weeks' notice, they can do this and they can change the schedule to suit them. But, yeah, seriously, who is going to be really tuning in to watch a League One football match at 7.45 on a Saturday between MK Dons and Sheffield Wednesday? Not many. Not many. It's not, it's not going to be the highlight of an Easter weekend for the neutral, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's even for fans, it becomes like, well, that's a bit of a pain because you'd you'd have your football on the Saturday, on the Friday, you'd have your football on the Monday, and then you've got your weekend in the middle to do your other bits and bobs, and now suddenly you've got a game stuck right in the middle of that, which is a, a, a real pain. And just this idea of like, you know, this is not football, is it? We've got an Easter weekend without a three o'clock kickoff. Yeah. What's that about? It's Wednesday, and fans, I'm afraid, you know, just been shown utter contempt, isn't it? That they yeah. are 
last four, you know, and the, and uh, this is it. Uh, this is the way that football, unfortunately, has been going now for the last ten to fifteen years, and there's there's just no sign of the authorities you know, showing any regard for the fans. And it's as you say that Wednesday nights they'd have made their plans for this Easter period weeks, months ago, like from yeah. the travel to staying over, maybe making a weekend of it, everything, and so. For it to just be com- you know, thrown completely up in the air, and for the plans to be ripped up with a few weeks to go before Easter, it's it's shocking. It really is. I think it's even worse than the Portsmouth one earlier on in the season, which had to be what rescheduled three times. I think that fixture was, but I think this one really does take the biscuit. Yeah, happened with Sunderland as well, didn't it? To an extent, I think that was moved over. Uh, that was sometime around Christmas, wasn't it? That was moved fairly late on. Fans had made plans. That's an exciting trip. I mean, granted, lesser with this. I'm, I'm not sure. I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure there'll be a lot of fans that are thinking, "Oh, brilliant weekend away, in Milton Keynes." Um, but you know, it doesn't. It, it, people will have made plans. I saw people on Twitter yesterday talking about having you know trains already booked to get the best trains deal. Train deals you have to book advance tickets. You can't really move them. You, it, it's just it's such a shame that it just messes it messes up what should be a great football weekend traditionally Easter's always a great football weekend not if you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan sadly and 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 that unfortunately seems to be that there's nothing that we can do about it hopefully it'll be the last time it happens this season um but there we go that that is the end of um of this week's uh, rant um I mentioned earlier on that is us now for for a little bit up until just before Easter because um, I'm away. If you want to follow my adventures in America, um, then uh, no doubt it will be plastered all over um, all over Twitter. Uh, but then we will be back, yeah, just before uh, just before Easter. Hopefully, reflecting on um, stunning bits of form from Sheffield Wednesday. Fingers crossed. Uh, that will wrap us up. Um, thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors, specialists in wills, trusts, and probate, and as a podcast listener. You get buy one, get one free on lasting powers of attorney if you mention singing the blues. Get in touch with Ollie. He's around for evening appointments, weekend appointments and home appointments right across South Yorkshire. Titolaw.co.uk is the website where you can book in. On Twitter, Dom is at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott. The show is at Dom and James. You can also find us on Facebook and on YouTube. You can find those links on our website or in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening. Up the owls. And we'll see you next time. 